0: Hey everybody, it's Erin Albert and it is Monday, December 30th. We are broaching very closely the new decade and I wanted to spend one episode on my favorite things of 2019. I spent last week kind of culling through some of my best hits, biggest failures, and all things in between to come up with a list of my favorite things in 2019. I'd encourage you to send me a tweet or a message on any of the social channels and share one great thing, one of your favorite things of 2019. I always love hearing from listeners and colleagues as to what their favorite things of the year were. Because uh, it inspires the rest of us. So, uh, okay, so I'm just going to rattle through my list. I've already shared a lot of these throughout the year as I've encountered them but i figured it would be nice to put them all in one place. And the first thing that was one of my favorite things uh for 2019 was my favorite book and shockingly uh Priya Parker's The Art of Gathering is still my favorite book of the entire year. Now granted the copyright on her book was 2018, but i encountered it at the beginning of 2019 and i absolutely love 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 this book. I think it is or should be required reading for anybody who does any type of meeting, planning, events, uh, educational programs, continuing education, etc. She really does a phenomenal job in talking about. Purpose of an and outcomes of a gathering. Like you gotta start with those two key aspects. She also peppers in a lot of other things to make an event or a gathering very memorable and sticky. Things like creating unique rules for an event. And I just love that book. It's a playbook. I almost think of it as a guide for me when I'm creating my events, uh, either in my day job at ASCP or other educational or edutaining events that I'm putting together in the Indianapolis area. So I wrote in the margins, and I rarely do that in books, but this one I absolutely loved. I actually listened to the audio version of it first, and I loved it so much that I was ready to buy it myself. And then a friend sent it to me. So Kristen Eilenberg, thank you for sending me that book. It's still, to this day, at the end of the year, one of my favorite books of the year. Uh, My favorite word for 2019 actually was the word no. (laughs) And I, in my 20s and 30s, tended to be a yes girl um, in that I think Chad Priest just recently talked about this, the nurse attorney that runs the Indiana Red Cross that was here on the show a couple of episodes ago. You can go back and listen to that. Um, he has the same or still has the same affliction. Uh, I think I've gotten over it <laughs> in that he loves to say yes to everything and figure it out later. Very everything is figure out or out of a bowl or whatever the the name of that book is, Um I actually rabidly disagree with that. I think if you reach a certain point in your career, you have to start saying no. Uh, Warren Buffett believes that the super successful say no a lot more than they say yes. And I'm kind of in that camp now. I'm in a place in my life and career Where I really want to work on the things that I want to work on, I think it's really important to focus on the important rather than the urgent. So my favorite word of 2019 was no. And I'm still to this day, I'll be dragging that word into the next decade as well. And I'm going to get really okay in saying no and say no to more things because that allows me the space to say yes to the things that really matter. My favorite topic to talk and speak on last year and study was the topic of burnout. And I don't think I'm alone in that, especially in the healthcare camp where burnout is a huge epidemic amongst uh healthcare in the US in that our patients their families, caregiving, the pressures of insurance, uh third party uh middlemen and middle women in healthcare i think just culminated in a lot of burnout this last year. So, uh that was one of the the highest rated topics that came up in our needs assessment for the year, uh one that we spoke i personally spoke on in 2019. Do i have perfect remedies to it? No, i don't, but i am still thankful that i had the opportunity to kind of study the topic and suss out what things work well for me personally but then share some of those ideas with all of you to help you suss away or move away from burnout My favorite podcast episode of the year actually wasn't one episode, it was many, and that was my pop-up podcast mini-series on Women's History Month. So in that series back in March, I looked at one topic or idea or a group or organization that supports women, maybe in a minority situation or STEM or something that's kind of in my corners of the world, um, inspiring women, uh, women in very different industries like film or music. And I just love that episode because it was the thrill of the hunt for me to try to find 31 amazing organizations or people or ideas to share one each day, but then putting and curating this amazing list of resources over the course of a month to honor Women's History Month. It was just a really fun way to put together a mini series. And it truly was a pop up because I went into it not having all 31 ideas planned out. I kind of studied each night and did one and I really loved it. Um it was a fun project for me. And that led to several other mini series in this podcast and on other channels as well this year. So I kind of love The pop-up concept, I kind of like the mini-series concept because you don't get burned out doing the same thing over and over and over again. You just do it in a short sprint and then you're done. I'm going to share now my favorite failure of the year. (laughs) There were a lot to pick from, let's put it that way. But I think um, all of us have a lot of failures and failure really isn't failure if you learn something from it. But my favorite failure of 2019 was what I'm going to call the Rob Lowe project. (laughs) And what I tried to do with that project was I was trying to get Mr. Lowe to come speak at the ASCP 50th anniversary annual meeting, not about being Rob Lowe, even though that alone would be fascinating. But what he did, he wrote an op-ed article in USA Today, and yes, I talked about this on the podcast throughout this year. On uh, caregiving, he and his brothers took care of his mother who passed away from breast cancer. And what I loved from that was so many things. Number one, he is of my generation, so Generation X. Number two, I loved the fact that he was providing this op-ed from the perspective of an adult child taking care of his senior uh parent and that's the heart and soul of the reason why i wanted him specifically for our keynote uh, speech at our annual meeting now i employed my network and i did find somebody who got me to his agent and i really enjoyed talking to his agent back and forth, even though I know his agent was very, very busy and um, he took the offer very seriously. We did present a formal offer, put together a very thought out care kit to go along with the offer letter. And even though it was rejected, I still think that pursuing him for a keynote was the right thing to do. Now, uh, uh, will I go back to him? Probably not, because he's busy and he's got a lot of other things on his plate. But what I learned from that was that number one, my network really is my net worth. I was shocked that I did find somebody that got me to his agent, which was amazing. And I'm grateful to that person who shall remain nameless because he or she wanted me to do that. And number two, um, I just, I like the thrill of the chase. It was fun um, trying to connect with someone who has something really thoughtful and poignant to say, even though that's not what they do every day. I mean, he's an actor, but what I loved about it was his op-ed was real, and it was about his own personal experience. And I think what I need to take away from that whole process is that... We need at the day job at ASCP to pay attention to adult children caregivers of senior care patients. And I'm never going to let that aspect go because I think there's still a lot more work there to do, particularly for my generation, Gen X, that's coming along. I guess Rob could technically be a baby boomer, but... I think it's really important for all of us as adult children in the sandwich generations now how to optimize taking care of our parents because they took care of us. So I'm not going to let the idea go, but I probably will let Mr. Lowe go. (laughs) But it was a really fun project and it was fun to try. All right. Uh, my favorite experiment this year was actually discovering CastBox, which is live stream co- podcasting. And last Friday, I shared with you all, I was late with my regular podcast because I live stream podcasted for the first time on Friday morning. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and it you can't You can't edit out your ums and ahs when you go live. So uh, I I really enjoyed that. And I think I'll be doing more of that in 2020. My favorite campaign of the year, actually, I think it really was the 20 to 2020 LinkedIn live stream. Um, LinkedIn live is now rolling out live streaming. And uh, I did a 20 day campaign campaign for the last 20 days of 2019 to share the call for proposals data with ASCP with a, a wider healthcare and senior care audience to get them inspired to submit proposals for the call for proposals. In fact, that's still going on. Our call actually closes 12/31 at 11:59 p.m. Eastern Time, so tomorrow night. But it was kind of fun Not so much to be in front of the camera, because that's not my jam. You all know that I have the face for podcasting, and I prefer podcasting. But what I loved about it was kind of the analytics behind it, how LinkedIn shares the video analytics and the data around who's looking at your videos, and I kind of assessed that um, popularity in try to correlate it to popularity of topics. So I think that data is going to be super helpful for me as a continuing education director in 2020 to kind of target what was most popular. So that was a lot of fun. In terms of other favorites, my favorite weekly email, I know a lot of us get pounded with a lot of email, especially in pharmacy, and I have to boldly admit that most pharmacy daily emails that I get are not my favorite. I mean, Yes, we need that information, especially on new drugs, new legislation, et cetera, but it's just not um, something that I tear open and and get excited about reading. My favorite weekly email this year was Recommendo, and if you haven't followed Recommendo, I think it rolls out every Sunday. Sunday morning, um, my inbox hits me, Recommendo hits me with six or seven different things that other of the editors of Recommendo recommend. So I found some really cool things on Recommendo, everything from a, a tool that's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of tools that I gave away as a Christmas gift a couple years ago to other newsletters that are awesome to books to other podcasts to just gadgets and products that are great um, and they could be really simple ideas all the way to the super complex. So it's a short email. It usually just bullets out the the recommended things and I love it. It's my one of my favorite and I have a lot of favorite emails. I'm also going to be de-prescribing from, or subscribing from a lot of those emails this year. Uh, but recommendo is one I'm going to keep and it's free and you should definitely sign up for that one if you don't already subscribe to it. Um, favorite class I taught this year? Wow, uh, I really can't choose between two Number 1 was the non-traditional healthcare professional elective at Butler University that one was a, so much fun to put together. The students were so enthusiastic. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have exposed them to different career corners and I will be maximizing that and taking that content again in 2020 and putting in other venues. My tie there was the Podcasting 101 mini workshop series that I popped up before the end of the year. It was three workshops. It was very hands-on. It was uh, with with people who are passionate about their chosen career paths, but what they wanted to do was share that through podcasting, which I absolutely loved. Uh, It was pragmatic, so all of them started their own podcasts, and it was, again, one of those pop-up things. It was a one series and done. We did it um, three weekends with two weekends uh, or two weekends sprints. So we had a week between each of the workshops. So that gave the learners plenty of time to mess around with the platforms and the toys and the tools. So uh, maybe I'll use that format again. I don't know if I'll be doing podcasting as the workshop topic again in 2020 but I do love the format the kind of sprint three um, morning workshops on Saturdays back to back with uh, a week end in between that's a really good time frame so I'm loving that layout my favorite magazine of the year uh, hands down far and away and it was it's a free one actually uh, is chief learning officer I've talked about Chief Learning Officer a lot online, and yes, they had Priya Parker at their conference this last year, hint, hint, (laughs) back to the book, favorite book. But uh, what I love about Chief Learning Officer is that a lot of CLOs are featured in that magazine and that publication, but it's all about corporate education, which I think is so important In this day and age, and I kind of think of myself as a CLO in many ways, um, even though I'm kind of on the continuing education side in in a profession of pharmacy, uh, I love CLO magazine. It's an awesome one. So look them up. If you're into learning and education, edutainment, I would highly recommend that physical magazine. I also really traveled quite a bit for work in 2019, but one of my favorite things to think about is the favorite place that I visited in 2019. And my favorite place for 2019 that I visited was on vacation, and I took my first river cruise in 2019. I went down the Rhine. In Europe, and it was amazing. And I'm trying to think of all the amazing places that we stopped along the way at. I think the one that for me was the most moving and memorable was the Richter window in Cologne Cathedral. And if you've never been to Cologne, Germany, if you get there, you must go see the cathedral. And these stained glass windows in the cathedral are amazing. And it's not just the beauty of the windows. It's the story behind the artists who created the windows that makes it that much more memorable. The Richter window, if you do get into the cathedral, will stick out like a sore thumb because it looks very, very modern compared to a lot of the traditional windows that are by other artists within the cathedral at different points in time. The Richter window also by Richter, he was more of a modern artist. And when when the window was installed, it was super controversial because a lot of people didn't like it. It was a little too edgy, they thought, for uh, being in a, a cathedral, a place of God, of holiness. But for me, I loved it. It was It's probably my favorite stained glass window of all time. And I would encourage you to go Google it, but Google pictures of it do not do the window justice. So I would highly recommend, again, if you get in or around Cologne, Germany, Make it a point to go to the cathedral and see the windows in there and work your way through the cathedral. Maybe even find a tour if you can and then discover the amazingness of the Richter window. Favorite po- uh, conference I attended in 2019. Obviously, I'm going to exclude my day job conferences for a lot of reasons, but my the favorite one that I just attended to because I wanted to go, uh, and it wasn't education related, at least in the world of pharmacy, was She Podcasts. And that one was in October in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It was the first time the gals at She Podcasts, which is a f- closed Facebook group, put together a live conference. It was uh, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday from the top, off the top of my head, maybe even a Thursday. I can't remember how long it was. But what I loved about it was the energy in the room. All the women were very, very fired up and passionate about whatever topic they were doing. And I met women who were podcasting about PEZ all the way through to campgrounds, to money matters, to how to manage your brand, all kinds of different topics. So I loved that. I also loved the kind of brevity of the conference, like, I think some and most conferences now are just too long. I like the concept of the Friday, Saturday, Sunday and then you're out um conference. I think any longer than that just gets to be too much. So Uh, They didn't include food in the conference uh, registration, which actually worked out really well because there was a mall close by and it was a good opportunity to get out of the hotel and get a fresh breath of air before going back in and learning and training your brain again. So uh, I also really loved the uh, Selfie Walk of Fame. They put in a row, a red carpet of selfie stations at the back of the exhibit hall at She Podcast. So not only did it make you go through the exhibit hall, but also it was just fun. Like to go through and take pictures with your friends um, and get a selfie at She Podcast with various backgrounds. Just was a lot of fun and it was really cool and a clever idea. So to the gals that organized it. They did a phenomenal job. Very good for a first conference. Um, My favorite series I planned in uh, 2019, actually, was the ASCP 2019 book club. It was just a lot of fun to put together. It was a year-long book club. We had half a dozen leaders um, in pharmacy, and I've talked about This one ad nauseum, but I wanted to put it out there one more time because the ASCP 2020 book club is still taking applications, I believe, through early to mid-January. You can go to ASCP.com book club and learn more about the leaders um, in this year's book club, which are all different and all switched out, although the format of the book club will be the same. So even if you participated in the 2019 book club, the 2021 will be awesome as well. The favorite event that I planned, I think, of for 2019 was um Mentor Palooza. And Mentor Palooza was a one evening event we had at Butler University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences for a pharmacy crowd uh, where we brought in twenty or so mentors in pharmacy in a variety of different non-traditional career pathways and some traditional as well and then had students float and uh, do speed mentoring with the mentors. And it was so much fun. The night flew by, the students got to preference who they wanted to talk to. And even though we had some last minute switch outs cause inevitably that happens, what I loved about that was it was an introduction for students to get comfortable in talking to people very quickly about their professional passions and then cut to the chase. So further conversations could have happened after that event that I think were equally important, but just getting the students comfortable and out of their comfort zones a little bit to start the mentoring process and conversations was just a lot of fun. My favorite new gadget of 2019, this was a tie as well. I finally broke down and got a Roomba for the family and I love the Roomba. The Roomba and I, uh, actually, my, my Roomba's name is Jack 2 because he goes around and cleans up after Jack 1, who is the cat. He does a good job in picking up the cat hair. And then um, in 2019, the Ninja Air Fryer also made it to the top of the list. So uh, we love using the air fryer around here. It's a little healthier if you're going to have fried food, pre-cooked and frozen. You can just pop it in the air fryer and you're good to go. So I had to include, you know, some gadget stuff, too. So that is my list of favorite things thus far. I'm sure I'll come up with some other things as I inventory, but I wanted to share some of those with you to inspire you to think about your own 2019 favorites. I love thinking about my favorite things because it helps me set my priorities for 2020 in the coming year because I want to focus and spend my energy on the things that I love. As Taylor Swift says, things that you love, not the things that you hate. I think that's the bottom line here. So anyway... I look forward to hearing some of your favorite things. Feel free to leave me a tweet at Erin L. Albert if you like. And I know this is a little longer podcast than I normally throw out, but it's good to talk about the year in toto and think about uh, what really worked well and so we can move ahead in a positive direction. I'll be back shortly. Take care.